So the rationales behind this gathering is to create a gathering and to uh, give us an occasion to align ourselves to something that extends beyond the circumstances we find ourselves in, whatever they are, you know, into something more timeless and uh, long-standing and universally applicable, which of course is the practice path of the Dhamma and the realizations that occur. And one of these is called entering the stream. Entering the stream. We've heard of stream entrants, entering the stream. And that one's actually in something that has got a certain momentum, a certain flow, a certain direction to it. You're not just some isolated you know, thing in a body that's struggling around <laughs> and trying to make sense out of this, you know, you're in something <laughs> that's going to carry you along and you stay in it and it's going to take you to this good place. And you're in there with a lot of other hearts and minds that have and are in that stream. And it's the stream of joy, it's a stream marked by joy and joy is so necessary in our lives yeah. because joy it, it's yeah it's a feeling but it's also a, it's an energy that nourishes heart body mind uh, if, the mind, if one is joyful uh, uh, one is stronger richer more well-fed it's just a, it's just a fact <laughs> nothing can feed you like joy uh, nothing can feed you like truth, nothing can feed you like friendship, nothing can feed you like these heart qualities. This is the whole um, you know, point of all good karma, all bright karma, is that uh, the result of it is not just right and wrong, it's bright or dark. And uh, the brightness is uh, associated with that touching the Dharma, being being um, inspired, you know, lit up, uh, lifted, and then carried, uh, and uh, you know, this is something so um, deeply sustaining for people in our lives. We're so often we're just carrying uh, burdens, and you know just dealing with moving things around and getting through a day. I'd like to do a couple of some readings here. And this is basically about the skill of recollection. And it helps us to, I think, consider quite a few things. The, um, the nature of happiness and joy, the nature of hudkama, the nature of the mind and the nature of things such as samadhi, concentration, and, uh, you know, and whatever else comes up. This is the first one is about, it concerns the Buddha's talking to Mahanama, Mahanama the Sakyan. The Buddha was a Sakyan. I think Mahanama was a cousin of his. 
So whereas many of the other Sakyan princes and aristocrats became bhikkhus, Mahanama stayed in the household life and he was a great supporter and follower of, of the Buddha, the Dhamma and the Sangha. And this is an occasion when the Buddha is actually at Kapilavattu. So the Buddha roamed around a lot and on certain occasions he he'd get back to Kapilavattu, which was his, um, where his uh, father had lived. And he sees uh, Mahanama, and I'll, I'll have to abbreviate this because these suttas tend to be very repetitive. This is from the Book of the Elevens, the Anguttara Nikaya, and it's the 11th and some of the 12th sutta. And he advises um, so Mahanam was saying, you know, we've got all these things to do. Bhante, with all our various engagements, all these things I've got to do in my life, how should I dwell? And the Buddha says, that's a very good question, Mahanama. Mahanama, a person with faith succeeds, not one without faith. An energetic person succeeds, not one who is lazy. One with mindfulness established succeeds, not one who is muddle-minded. One is concentrated succeeds. One succeeds who is wise. Establish self in these qualities. But you should also recollect the Tathagata, that's the Buddha. The Blessed One is an Arahant, perfectly enlightened, accomplished in true knowledge and conduct, fortunate knower of the world, unsurpassed trainers of persons to be trained, teacher of devas and humans, the enlightened one, the Blessed One. When a noble disciple recollects the Tathagata, on that occasion his mind is not obsessed by lust, hatred or delusion. On that occasion his mind is simply straight, based on a Tathagata. A noble disciple whose mind is straight gains inspiration in the meaning, gains inspiration in the Dhamma, gains joy connected with the Dhamma. When he's joyful, rapture arises. For one with a rapturous mind, the body becomes tranquil. One tranquil in body feels pleasure. One feeling pleasure, the mind becomes concentrated. This is called a noble disciple who dwells in balance amid an unbalanced population, who dwells unafflicted amid an afflicted population, as one who has entered the stream of the Dhamma, he develops recollection of the Buddha. And he does simile to the Dhamma and the Sangha, he recollects these, and he also says you should recollect your own virtuous behaviour, unbroken, flawless, unblemished, unblotched, freeing, praised by the wise, ungrasped, leading to concentration. And the same thing occurs. Mind is gladdened, inspired, joyful, rapturous, body is tranquil, uh, the mind feels pleasure, is at ease, and is concentrated. So virtue, and this is Mahanama's five precepts, follower, of course, um, the eight precept person 
there's a further recollection that they are living the lifestyle of the, the Arahants, which is an amazing <laughs> thing to recollect, really. Um, they also says, recollect your generosity. Truly my good fortune, my good fortune and gain in a population obsessed by the stain of miserliness. I dwell at home with a mind devoid of the stain of miserliness, freely generous, open-handed, delighting in relinquishment, devoted to charity, delighting in giving and sharing. One whose mind is not obsessed by lust, hatred or delusion, it's simply straight, based on virtue, based on generosity. Gains inspiration in the meaning, gains inspiration in the Dhamma, gains joy connected with the Dhamma. Joyful rapture arises. With a rapturous mind, the body becomes tranquil. One tranquil in body feels pleasure. For one feeling pleasure the mind becomes concentrated. This is called a noble disciple who dwells in balance amid an unbalanced population, who dwells unafflicted amid an afflicted population, as one who has entered the stream of the Dhamma. And he recommends Mahanama. You should develop this recollection while walking, standing, sitting and lying down. You should develop it while engaged in work and while living at home in a house full of children. <laughs> you can imagine oh, no. life with kids running around and stuff to do. But it says, well, it doesn't matter, just focus on that. <laughs> uh, so he's obviously a busy man. <laughs> and uh, Similarly, we have the, another example. There are quite a few of these, actually. This one is the great uh, matriarch of Sabati, Visaka, who was, became a stream mentoring when she was seven, <laughs> just on hearing and teaching. So she has this um, um, wish to provide various requisites for the bhikkhus and the bhikkhunis. And the Buddha says, well, you can do that if you like, but what benefit do you see for yourself in this? And so he says, yeah, this is, yeah, what, what do you get out of this for yourself? And she says, so oh, well, because um, he wants to ask her. So, you know, it's for you. You've got to get something out of this. She says, well, when she recollects that these various monks and nuns who've been at Salvati, you know, will get benefit, maybe some of these stream enterers or whatever, and they will have eaten her food and, and taken her medicine. She will feel happy and delighted. And um, so when I remember this, I'll be glad, which is the same word, promoja, joy, gladness here, translated differently. When I'm glad, I shall be happy, which is his translation for rapture. So the same phenomena occurs. When I'm, when I'm happy, my body will be tranquil. When the body is tranquil, I shall feel pleasure. When I feel pleasure, when my mind will become concentrated. That will maintain 
the spiritual faculties and also the spiritual powers and also the enlightenment factors. This is the benefit I see myself in doing this. So this is, um, you know, that was always the, um, you know, the principle was uh, your external actions should always be uh, opening the internal qualities of your heart. And if you're doing bright karma like this, bright actions, that's the beauty of it is you can open to that. Yeah. Uh, you, your heart will open to that because you're doing something you, you have no, uh, you know, you have no regret about. You have no, um, it's not competitive. It's not self-oriented. It's, it's not closed. It's an open state. And so what you're doing, the goodness of that is going both ways. <laughs> uh, and this is exactly the kind of cultivations that are required. Yeah. There are several things to bear in mind about that when you, you look at this sequence. And say, what is recollection anyway? What is this? And what is samadhi? They're not, person is not focusing on a, you know, a meditation object as such. You're not focusing on a breath or a mantra or you're not focusing on, their mind becomes samadhied by feeling happy, by feeling pleasant and light. It is samadhi because it's not running out. It's not caught up with agitation or passion or worries. It is collected in itself. It's consolidated. I think this is a good thing to bear in mind when you, you, you reflect upon that term. Because so often we use the word concentration. It's generally a narrow beam that comes into mind, a narrow point. Uh, um, and... <laughs> just this on some kind of object but here there's, there's no external object the mind is being consolidated from its out there here through the quality of an internal happiness that comes from skillful connections skillful deeds skillful recollections so what is recollection um, it seems that we're thinking about something and that's true in a way but the particular quality here is uh, associated with uh, deep attention or careful attention yoni so manisikara yoni so manisikara attention that goes right into the source of where we're coming from where where our motivation is, where our inspiration rises up, it's going right into that place, um, to the heart, in fact, going right into the chitta. So we're entering chitta through that. And I, I would suggest that for the average person, thinking 
doesn't do that. Uh, ordinary thinking doesn't doesn't do that. It, it doesn't enter the heart. It, it scurries, and it just it's abstract. Uh, this is partly because most of our um, verbal uh, experience is in terms of written words, whereas most of their verbal experience is in terms of spoken. Uh, writing was around but wasn't very common, they didn't use it a lot. Mostly the word was the sound of a voice coming through a human body and they'd hear it with their ears and go into the heart and you get the tone and the mood and it touches the heart directly. Um, and of course all the teachings were given in that way. So this is this is thinking but in a in a deeper way. It's rather like as you could imagine when you talk you you use really um, this part of your body. When you chant you use from your belly on up. You use the whole body. Um, you might also know the difference between if you've been practicing um, a, a, any body work like yoga, hatha yoga, breath work, you breathe from the belly and the breath is long and deep and steady, your whole body breathes. A person, many other people just breathe very shallow, top of their lungs, breath goes quick. But as you cultivate uh, body work or breath work, what occurs is you breathe more the whole body and your breath rate slows down so it's calmer and stronger. Now these are analogies for what's happening in their thinking process. They're not thinking shallow. They're not thinking about, oh, I do this and then that. And this is interesting, that's a nice idea. They're thinking from the depth of the heart. And so this is a skill. Um, and it just to be able to think from the depth of your heart and have the to make a practice of it uh, to train oneself to think with deep attention um, rather than just the thinking that's about getting business done and memos so when you go deep deeper um, as if you're chanting or as if you're taking the time and opening your heart to someone else you trust. It's that kind of place that you're, you're, you're speaking or thinking from. I think for many people to even go there is not that frequent and it's not very happy. Um, when we look into the uh, base of the heart, there can be a sense of fear, uh, aloneness, um, sadness about life, the world, uh, lost, mm. you know, sort of carrying a lot, stressed. Mm. And this is why it's absolutely necessary to take the Buddha done by the sun there and not 
and those, but also take your own virtue there, because this is the place in the bottom, the base of the heart, where there comes those irrational, maybe, but embedded impressions of, yeah, I'm not really, I'm just this, I'm not much, I'm not worthy very much, and then, yeah. the kind of fundamental life messages, and uh, uh, self-definitions, fundamental messages. This is where we believe ourselves to be uh, men or women, we believe ourselves to be Canadians or New Zealanders or Japanese or British or Mexicans. Yeah. We somehow we believe ourselves to belong to something that's actually not really not going very far. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, what do you think you are? What do you believe you are? Mm. Because what you, where that is, that's what you're going to be. If you if you don't check it, you know that's what you're going to be, and the rest of it's just surface stuff. And this is where the good karma rests. So what's being encouraged here is to form an affiliation, a link, a stream, a lineage, you could say, a transmission that you belong to. That's why you, you recollect it. He says, do this a lot. Do this a lot in a world that's unbalanced, in a world that's afflicted. So the inner world that's unbalanced, afflicted, crazy, so forth, you are not belonging to that. You are not taking your leave from that. Uh, you may, you're not oppressed by that. You know, that you're not downhearted with that. Because for your welfare, your heart can rise out of that. And don't ever doubt that it can't. This is the nature of mind, chitta, heart. We weren't born belonging to a nationality. We weren't born in a situation. We weren't born in circumstance. We were born in awareness. We rose in awareness. Consciousness happened to that sights and sounds and the details got filled in and then we started to believe in it. This is what I am. This is what people say about me, that's what I am. That's not the stream. So when we, this really sense of deeply embedding oneself yeah, and considering that we can the Buddha comes into this world, we can acknowledge that, we can feel lifted by that, we can feel inspired by that. If that happens to any degree, then you have the possibility of you know, entering that stream. 
That's why the Buddha said to Ananda, he said, look, anyone you have compassion and concern for, you should encourage them to take refuge in the triple gem. Because if they take refuge in the triple gem, it's impossible, they cannot be reborn in hell, heaven, uh, realm of the hungry ghosts and animal realm. If they've taken, ref if they've taken refuge in the triple gem, they're not gonna go down. Yeah. And if we've done more than take refuge in that, but actually picked up some of these teachings and connected to what the Buddha's saying, to his Dhamma, and endeavored with it, made effort with it, and grasped it and held to it and be able to tackle some of these uh, teachings, I said, well, you know, then you could be going up. You know? And so this recollecting of the, of the triple gem is taking these qualities deeply into the heart. And this is something, this, this is a meditation. You know, to, to print it, and then to one's own virtues. I expect you know, most of us will probably be thinking about things we got to do or things we didn't do or, you know, things we should have done or other people feel we should be or responsibilities or the plans for the future. And I guess one of the ironic uh, gifts that this locked-in situation uh, gives us is that there are no more plans, there's guesswork and visions and fantasies, there's no more plans. <laughs> uh, you know, the governments can't plan, they don't know what's going on either, they just keep hoping and imagining and casting out ideas, so the plan is gone. So you really, you know, every day is just the day, get through the day, you know, get some food, get some rest, get tidied up, get through the day, cultivate, you know. It's, it's a wonderful, like this, even in the horror of it all. This is, for a Dhamma practitioner, there's, there's, a, a, there's an advantage, there's something to be gained out of this because we're on retreat. And uh, the restraint is built in. Uh, and so it just, encourages to come back into what is timeless come out of the day it doesn't really matter it's monday tuesday wednesday in what time it is it's what quarter to one in the morning here so what <laughs> you know uh, so it's a chance to use this for this uh entering this timeless stream the virtues and what is the nature of virtue? And what is the common ground of virtue and generosity? The exercises and cultivations in mutuality, aren't they? And you can't, you're virtuous to others, to animals, to human beings by not harming them. You're virtuous to human beings and not lying to them. Or, yeah. And so, so they're relational, there's a sense of mutuality, you're a sober, reliable person. That is a gift to others already. What can be more of a gift to others than a reliable human being? When you look at the situation we're in now, where is really the inspiration coming from? Good people doing good things, helping each other out. Governments are kind of spluttering and 
doing what they do, but you get the feeling of the, the good people rising. Yeah. And so a sense of the mutuality, generosity. We're generous to others, generous in terms of material things, hospitality, health, medical supplies, and of course, Dhamma. I said, these are, these, these are, I mean, you, you, you know, you're no longer in this sort of isolated skin bag. You know, your, your heart, you're out in the heart realm, which is always mutual and relational and sharing and fluid and flowing. And this heart realm that you've moved into, this is something that you, is pleasant, joyful, it lifts, and you're, and you are concentrated in it, not through forcing yourself to be concentrated, just because your everything, your energies and your attitudes and your perspectives and you can sort of gathered in that. Yeah. That one takes one's virtue with a sense of something rather precious that you look after. And you're gathered in it. You know, I, I live in my virtue. I happen to be inside this particular box I'm in, but I didn't go forth for a box <laughs> to live in. I didn't go forth in this country, I went forth into integrity. That's where I live. And uh, yeah, I have a bowl, an arms bowl. I went forth to carry the bowl. Yeah. And to, to, to carry the bowl, the Buddha's bowl, so that people would see the sign of a samana and feel as an alternative to the material world. And for people who are not carrying the arms bowl, then there's still these qualities they are carrying virtue. And they carry, as you carry virtue and generosity, it carries you if you reflect upon it and recollect it deeply. This gathers the mind in. This is samadhi. And as it said, when the mind has is in samadhi it sees things as they really are it's got past the distortions and the propaganda and the politics and the economics it sees things as they really are and it becomes disinterested with you know the material world it's like that's not my story anymore disinterested and it uh, begins to uh, release these uh, distortions and realize liberation. So this is this is how the path develops. But daily life, here's Mahanama sitting in his wherever he is with his kids running around and doing whatever he's doing. On one level, he's doing that. Yeah, that's just what's happening at the kind of external surface, but embedded in the, in the ground of the heart is a sense of, oh, this is just what I do, but this is what I am. This is where I live. This is just stuff that you deal with, but your basis is here. And uh, um, 
in this world one is balanced because you have that inner gravity and without that inner gravity surely a person is just rocking around like a feather in the wind blown around so this is this is the the possibility and the occasion that uh, recollection brings up for you for us so encouraging the mind to think slowly touch the heart touch a value dwell upon it get the feeling for it linger in it abide in it enjoy it steady in it this is for our welfare so let's just um take a few minutes to uh, let any of that settle and uh, follow where the Dhamma is taking you.